1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt, a podcast about electric vehicles, autonomous driving, renewable energy, and much, much more. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host. On today's episode, we're going to talk all about a lot of different stuff, really. This is kind of one of those cleanup episodes. Like, There's lots of news stories that I wanted to talk about, but none of them really fit that well together. Normally, I try to create a narrative for this show and let one... Article uh, kind of like flow into another. I don't know if I always I always am successful at that, but today I'm definitely not going to be successful at it because they just don't they don't seem to to match and meld. A number of you wrote in uh, and talked about my cynicism when it came to General Motors earnings calls. Thank you very much. Everybody was very positive, even if they didn't agree with my take. Everybody was very nice and very polite, so I always appreciate that. I think. After talking to a few of these folks, I think what it really comes down to, and I kind of had this epiphany, is that I'm just disappointed in GM. I just want to be clear that I'm not tearing General Motors down because they're having a hard time getting the Ultium platform up and running. I, I think building an electric car or any vehicle or anything for that matter is extraordinarily difficult. What I'm frustrated with is their messaging which from my perspective is just a lot of deflection. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that because honestly, I could go for another 20 minutes just on that subject alone. So let's move on to our EV news. Ocean One, which is a YouTube channel dedicated to the Fisker Ocean, the person that runs that channel did a 4,000-mile review on the pros and cons of the Fisker Ocean. The video is about 25 minutes long. I'll put a link in the show notes. I don't want to, to take anything away from this creator, but I really learned a lot about the Fisker Ocean. So, and I know some of you out there own Fisker Oceans. so if you want to watch it and tell me if this creator's thoughts and your thoughts are similar... Let me know. My email is Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. On Sunday, February 4th, the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, or NASCAR, is debuting their first EV race car. We, We don't know much about this, but I'm really happy that it's happening. Not because I love racing. I think auto racing is fine. It's just not really for me. But because the technology that gets developed for these racing teams will eventually make its way down to us regular schlubs and maybe go into a car that we might buy someday. And I'm especially curious as to what NASCAR is going to do with the battery swaps or fast charging. I'm guessing these are going to be battery swaps, but we'll find out tomorrow, February 4th. Let's see. If you live in the United States, you can now lease a VenFast VF8 for $249 a month. And this is a 36-month term, which is insane. Now, you're going to have to put a little up front. It's $944 due at signing. You also have to pay taxes on that and there's some other fees so it's a little bit more than that but it's not that's not bad let's say you're under $2500 for upfront cost that gets you a pretty decent vehicle with a 264 mile range And just in case you were curious as to how VinFast did in terms of deliveries in the United States in 2023, they delivered nearly 35,000 cars in 2023, which is about half as good as General Motors. So there's a real world possibility that in 2024, VinFast will deliver more cars, more electric cars, I should say, than General Motors does in 2024. While we're on the topic of EV car sales, I want to thank Jamie for tipping me off to this next story. We're going to talk a little bit about car sales in Ireland. So EV sales in Ireland are up 12% over the same time last year. And to put that into perspective, in January of 2024, there was a total of 31,470 new cars sold in in Ireland. 4,109 of them were electric vehicles. According to the Society of the Irish Motor Industry, or SIMI, these are the top 10 electric vehicles sold in January of 2024. Number one is Volkswagen. Then we have Hyundai, BYD, Kia, MG, Nissan, BMW, Skoda, which is owned by Volkswagen, Mercedes, and Volvo. So when Jamie sent this list, I I was curious. It's like, why isn't Tesla in the top 10 of electric vehicles sold in Ireland? And Jamie wrote back very quickly, by the way. And Jamie said that cars tend to come to Ireland shores or the ports in waves. And it takes a little bit of time for them to go through customs. And right now there's a backlog of cars, and probably other products waiting on documents to be processed. So I'll be curious to know what happens in February of 2023 in Ireland. And now we have two more quick little bits to wrap up our EV news segment. 268,785. Why is that number important? Well, that is Hyundai's global 2023 EV sales. It seems like this should go without saying, but the Ionic 5 and Ionic 6 made up the bulk of those sales. I don't have numbers for Kia or Genesis, just Hyundai at the moment, but when I do get those, I will pass them along as well. And then bringing things back to the United States, the overall auto industry rose 8% here in the U.S., But the EV industry grew by 29% in the fourth quarter of 2023. So what does that mean for you and me? Probably nothing. Just interesting gee whiz information. Since we are already on the topic, I figured I should just include it. All right, it's a new month. You know what that means. It's time to thank our patrons. And we are just going to go newest to oldest here in order. Starting off with Charles S., Paul, John, Just Another Nick, Charles F, Electron Raceway Fabricator, Scott, Gene, Chris B, Jamie, Mo Cowbell, Don, Christopher, Stephen, Alex, Alan, Friendly Sleet 66, Joseph, Jerbo, Steve, Bruce W, Isaiah, Howard, uh, Bruce C, Michael, Rolando, Tomaso, Chip, Chris SB, Sierra, Dale, Don, Cameron, Nate, Mark and James. Those are our Patreon supporters. Moving on to our Acast Plus supporters, Ravi and Sean. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. It means a lot. I really appreciate your support. I haven't done the math yet, but I'm pretty sure this is the first year this podcast has ever broken even. And if it if it hasn't broken even, um, it is pretty close to breaking even. So thank you all so much for your generosity. I really appreciate it. If you're interested in supporting the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt Or you can check the show notes and there'll be a link for uh, supporting us on Acast or a link for supporting us on Patreon. Okie doke, let's go ahead and move on to our Tesla news. Tesla is building a small LFP battery cell factory with partner CATL in Nevada. Sounds like CATL had some extra machines laying around that weren't doing anything. So it seemed like a good idea for the two companies to get together and and build a small factory factory that will supply cells for the mega packs. So that's that's pretty neat. <laughs> just, just imagine having enough equipment sitting around doing nothing that you're like, you know what would be useful? Let's just build a whole new factory because otherwise we're just not even going to use this equipment. And I would imagine that a small battery factory by today's standards would have been an enormous battery factory 15 years ago. Just guessing. All right. The National Highway Transportation Safety Administration was looking into steering issues found on some Tesla models. It sounds like it was mostly on the Model 3 and the Model Y. Well, they've gone beyond looking into the issue. They have now moved on to the engineering analysis. So they investigated it and they said, you know what, let's have some engineering folks look at it and see what they think. So that puts it one step closer to a recall. Apparently Tesla owners were reporting a loss of steering control with the occasional message on the screen saying that power steering was either reduced or disabled, which made the car more difficult to turn. This may be caused by steering rack failures, which I would imagine if this does get to a recall, this is not going to be one of those recalls that can be fixed with the software update. It's actually going to be a physical fix. This could potentially affect 334,000 Teslas. Let's go ahead and jump into some Cybertruck news. There have been a lot of conflicting reports on the Cybertruck. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things about this, this truck, and some of it good, a lot of it bad. I'm not going to wade into that poll because if you bought this truck, enjoy it. Some of the criticism out there could be you know, valid criticism. And what it seems like to me, a lot of it out there is just wanting the Cybertruck and Tesla and mostly Elon to fail. So I have genuinely no idea how this truck is in real life. I do know somebody who has one and that person really enjoys it. So for a variety of reasons, I haven't really touched on those stories about how the Cybertruck's failing or succeeding in one way or another, simply because there's not enough out there, I think, to really know how it's going to do until we get a lot of these trucks on the road. And I just want to see normal people do normal things with the truck. And as more of that data comes in, we'll start talking about the successes and the failures of the Cybertruck. But right now, I'm not going to hit the Cybertruck too hard. It's a new product. There are bound to be some downsides to this vehicle. Tesla does have a reputation of making things better, not worse. So yeah. Now, I told you all that so I could tell you this. The aero wheel covers on the Cybertruck seem to be chewing up the sidewalls of the tires which is obviously no bueno. Tesla has stopped including the aero wheel covers with the Cybertruck until they can figure out how to fix this issue. And I reached out to that person that I know that does have a Cybertruck and they did confirm that they did not get the aero wheel covers with their Cybertruck. And that little interaction is probably the closest I'll ever get to investigative journalism. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see here uh tesla dropped the price of the all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive model y's in canada and it now qualifies for up to a seven thousand dollar rebate in quebec now the total rebate if you live in quebec could be up to twelve thousand dollars let me explain the model y rear wheel drive decreased by four thousand dollars which brings the starting price to $53,990. With that starting price, the rear-wheel drive version of the Model Y qualifies for an additional $5,000 credit, or up to, I should say. And that is a total of up to a $12,000 rebate. So that's pretty impressive. The Model Y all wheel drive also saw a $4,000 decrease, and that currently starts at $63,990 and also qualifies for that $5,000 rebate, federal rebate from the federal government in Canada. So I ask this to my Canadian friends uh, what are your thoughts on this? Obviously, if you live in Quebec, this is amazing, but what about the other provinces? What are your thoughts? You can email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. Let's see. Oh, you know what? Tesla is relaunching lifetime supercharger transfers. So if you owned a Tesla with free lifetime supercharging, and you take delivery of a new Model S, X, or Y by March 31st, 2024, you can actually transfer your lifetime supercharging from that old vehicle to one of these newer vehicles. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is I think this is the first time that the Model Y has been included when Tesla's offered these uh, supercharger lifetime supercharger transfer deals. If you're one of those folks with an older Tesla that has this lifetime supercharging, does is this enough to get you to buy a newer model? Even if it isn't an SRX, maybe you go with the Y, which I think is a great deal, by the way. Is, is that something to get you to pull the trigger and buy a new car? Go ahead and email me, and I'll give you the email again at the end of the show. Tesla is being sued by 25 California counties over mishandling of hazardous waste at its facilities. And by mishandling, Tesla is accused of improperly labeling waste and sending it to landfills. And this waste includes paint, brake fluid, used batteries, antifreeze, and diesel fuel. Tesla has faced allegations related to waste man- management practices in the past. In 2019, they settled with the Environmental Protection Agency. In the settlement, Tesla agreed to take steps to properly manage waste at their facilities. They were fined $31,000 in addition to you know, that agreement. Now, um, That was in 2019. In 2022, Tesla was fined an additional $275,000 because they weren't uh, keeping good records or any records, and they failed to minimize air pollutants from the paint shop at the Fremont plant. I'll definitely keep an eye on this story and report back when we know more. Okay, it's time for our final Tesla story. And this story is really, I'm just mentioning this because it's been in the news and it's not really about electric cars, but it is about Elon and Tesla a little bit. Tesla was sued over Elon's 56 or $55 billion pay package, depending on which article you read. They, they do both. We're just going to go with 56 billion in this case. The lawsuit claims that the pay package is ridiculously high and shouldn't be that high. And to just give you an idea of how big this package is, $56 billion is about six times larger than the combined pay of 200 of the highest paid executives in 2021. This is according to Amit Batish of Ecular. Uh, Tesla is a $600 billion company. And Elon's pay package would be worth a little bit more than 9% of the total value of Tesla, which is insane. The plaintiff's side argued that Tesla's board had a duty to offer a more reasonable pay package or look for another CEO. The plaintiff also argued that the 12 goals that Elon had to meet were far too easy And shareholders were not told how easy these goals were going to be to achieve. So Elon didn't take a salary. um, And in in return, he got a pay package if he met certain goals. Tesla argued that uh, shareholders were told that the goals were challenging yet attainable, which I would argue for $56 billion, they should probably be challenging and they should probably be attainable. From what I understand, the $56 billion pay package is made up of stock options that have a very low strike price, which would allow Elon to buy the stock ridiculously cheap. So the Delaware judge, because Tesla is incorporated in Delaware, called the compensation an unfathomable (laughs) sum and that it was unfair to shareholders. Judge Kathleen McCormick of Delaware's Court of Chancery wrote the following in her ruling. The incredible size of the biggest compensation plan ever, an unfathomable sum, seems to have been calibrated to help Musk achieve what he believed would make a good future for humanity. Now, Elon and Tesla have argued that Elon's gonna use this money to do all of these great things and send people to Mars, and maybe he will, and he probably will use some of it, but it doesn't seem like a judge's job is to award something to somebody based on what they might do with it, right? Like Elon could take this $56 billion and just put it all in the bank and do nothing else with it. That's, that's his prerogative or buy Tesla stock. Um, the directors from Tesla argued that the pay package is designed to ensure that Elon continues to dedicate his attention to Tesla, to which SpaceX, The Boring Company, X, formerly Twitter, Neuralink, and XAI all laughed out loud because Elon is definitely not giving his full attention to Tesla. Now, uh, at this point, you should already be aware, the judge did side with the shareholders. Well, who are the shareholders? Well, to be specific, it's one shareholder who holds about nine shares of Tesla, and that person's name is Richard Tanata. Just for a little bit of reference, the California State Teachers Retirement System and some proxy advisory firms also agree that the pay compensation is way too high. After the judge made the decision, Elon went to Twitter saying, never incorporate your company in the state of Delaware, to which I say, you didn't seem to have a problem of all of the advantages of incorporating Delaware up to this point. Elon is also asking shareholders to a vote to incorporate in Texas instead of Delaware, where he thinks that the Texas courts will be much more fair to him. Obviously, on this podcast, we do not talk about legal or financial matters, just because that is so far out of my depth. Uh, no, None of you would listen to it. And if you did, shame on you. You shouldn't. Uh, I would expect Tesla to appeal this ruling. I have mixed thoughts on this, and I don't really know that sharing those thoughts brings any benefit to the show. I will say though, Fred Lambert wrote a really good article in electric. The article is entitled, I think Elon deserved his $55 billion compensation, but it doesn't mean he should get it written by Fred Lambert again. And Fred actually starts the article off with, look, I voted for this package, uh, but here are the reasons why he shouldn't get it. Um, I, I will tell you one thing that I think is cool about this. One person with nine shares in a company, which is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. I mean, I do not even go into it, millions of a fraction in the company. This one person was able to file a lawsuit on behalf of shareholders and say, hey, I don't think this is right. And a real life judge actually heard the case and said, you know what, you got some merits here. I think you're right. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Whether or not you wanted to, Elon to get 55 or $56 billion, the fact that one person can make that change, one person with such an, in, uh, an insignificant number of shares can make that change is pretty cool. I have no idea what it costs Richard to uh, bring this lawsuit. It probably was not cheap. But in a world where it seems like we have less and less of a voice, especially here in the United States, uh, that's good to hear. And and when I say seems like, because it's probably not in actual reality that we have less and less of a voice, it just feels that way. So anyway, I was heartened by this story. All right, I will leave it here. I hope you all have uh, a wonderful weekend or had a wonderful weekend, depending on when you listen to this. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can find me on X at 918digital. I will say, I've been getting a ridiculous amount of bots lately, and I have to block them, and it is really irritating, almost to the point where I'm ready to leave X. All of the nonsense that Elon did, all of the, the nonsense that happened with Twitter before Elon bought it... I was fine with, but now I have to spend a, you know, five, six minutes out of my day now and just delete bots or block bots. I don't like it. That's enough for me to move the needle and and leave for me. So you can, for now, you can follow me on Twitter or X at 918Digital. Maybe not forever. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you. On Tuesday. And by the way, we're gonna have uh, Bruce Wilson on, and he's gonna talk to us about one pedal driving and blended braking.